0: What's up, GW Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we miss you, we love you, and we are so appreciative that you are listening to this podcast. Today's episode, if you love insightful, innovative, just fun conversation, today is that day. This episode is that episode because I like to call this the the Sasquatch Among the unicorns. He is a rare soul, and he is one of a kind. And he's on today's episode. It's Mr. Chad Harrison. Everybody, you're going to love him. You're going to fall in love with him. He is just such a, a kind, gentle person. And he's had some crazy challenges in his life that could have defined him, but instead, he defined the challenges. And he, I don't know, man. I just, I love his story, and I love his testimony. And he's such a gentle giant. Um, so I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Chad. I know he's going to come back. On the podcast, because we just love having them in here in the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate the support and listening. If you could give us five stars and write us a review on Apple, it helps us out tremendously. It takes less than two minutes. Just go in there, do what you got to do, and we appreciate it. Uh, Spotify, subscribe. You're on Spotify, also on Apple. And then give us a like on the Instagram page, the Great White Buffalo Podcast. It's on Instagram. We post things all the time. So just really appreciate it. And we also got merch. And if you want any of the merch, just DM us. We love you. We appreciate you. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life, Things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd When you think day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare, the Great White Buffalo, the Great White Buffalo
1: Podcast with Ben Mayfield.
0: What up GWB Nation, welcome to the episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a one-on-one interview today in the special guest of honor seat, is what I call the seat across from me, is a man who I've known for a good bit now and I got to know him a little bit more over a retreat that we went to in December And just seeing his heart for, you know, working with people and caring for people. And then also hearing his story, I said, man, I got to get this guy on the podcast. He's got an incredible story that I think people can relate to, that people want to hear, that people can get some insight and some value from. And even though he's being humble and going, oh, no, no, my story's not. I was like, no, man, everybody's got a really cool story. and, And people need to hear yours. And so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Chad Harrison. What's up, Chad?
1: What's up, Ben? How you doing, buddy?
0: Dude, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I just want to—I <laughs> don't know if I told you this before, but some of the youth kids. They talk to, about you like if you're like a magical unicorn or like, like like Sasquatch or something that's like mystic. They're like, Chad's here. Chad's here. And it's like, oh, like, I'll run to Chad. And you're just always like, hey, guys. Like, just like the super, the nicest guy. But you're not there like every single week. So, like, they have to get you like the pumpkin spice latte, you know, <laughs> like, like you're seasonal. And like when you're there, it's like the hot stuff. But then you're like, deuce, I'm out. And I love that presence that you have. Do you try to become, like, a magical unicorn?
1: You know, I I actually prefer the Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. (laughs) If I I could have the horn and be a Sasquatch, I think that would be perfect. Um, But, no, I'm just, I'm real busy, and I I spend as much time as I can. And, you know, it's true love with those kids, man. They're awesome, and and their spirit definitely brings me up, so I wish I could be there more.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think a guy that looks like you and I I definitely prefer a Sasquatch over
0: uh, a... a unicorn. Do you? Ever, I always called it Bigfoot. I didn't know Bigfoot and Sasquatch was the same thing. And then uh, what's the other one? It's um uh, Yeti, s- the Yeti. Yeah, the snow, mm. the snow monster. Um, the abominable uh, snowman. Am I yeah,
1: abominable. Right? A-
0: yeah. bummel- yeah. B- a- B- ru- abominable. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad, let, let me ask you this. So right now, you got kids, you have a wife, but one of the things that we were talking about a week ago, uh, we've been doing this food pantry serving the church. It's one of the uh, uh, essential places to be because it helps feed the people who are a little less fortunate or just on hard times and we were talking and I was hearing stories about your younger days and didn't realize the Chad that I see in front of me has been through some stuff.
1: Yeah I mean uh, life definitely threw me some curveballs and some of them I threw it myself I believe Um, but uh, I've come out uh, better for it, I believe. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of lessons, um, but you know, it's, it's a day to day thing with me trying to become the best man that I can. And uh, I fail at it so much, and it, it's hard, but uh, I've definitely seen and done some things. Some A lot of my peers today mm-hmm. probably never have um, <laughs> because I've tried, thankfully, with, with the help of my wife and my family, to, to surround myself with, with people that make me better. Instead mm-hmm. of bring me down, so <clears throat> I uh, yeah, I've, I've had a life been. <laughs> yeah, you know, but we all have. Um, I just think mine probably went a little more sideways than a lot of people sometimes.
0: mm-hmm Now did you I, oh, I, I know a little bit off mic here, you went to California. so yes. what age what age is that at?
1: Uh, the very first time I went to California, I actually made a couple of escapes out there. Um, I was very young. I think I was 20.
0: 20 years old i'm thinking to myself right now when i was 20 i was in college and you like didn't have the financial parent support your parents weren't like yeah go be a free spirit chad and like california come back when (laughs) you know a little safety net over here you're just like i'm out like a deuces
1: yeah like well you know it's not that i didn't have my parents financial support it's uh that i didn't really have parents at that point um they were uh, my dad had gotten sick really young um, mm-hmm. and started getting the early onset Alzheimer's. He wasn't completely gone yet, but he definitely wasn't the father I knew growing up. And when that happened, my mom kind of lost her mind. And uh, my brother was in the Navy, and he was, uh, at that time, I think he was in the Mediterranean, um, on a boat. <laughs> oh, my God. And so I just uh, I made a decision that you know the things that were going on for me here in Georgia weren't really good for me. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd take a new start, but really the the demons that haunted me here just followed me there. And uh, while well, I had a lot of fun, right, and I you know I was always I felt like a good person. I I definitely uh, was lost, and I didn't have parents to talk to or, or things like that. So I just kind of did my own thing.
0: When you say loss, are you? I'm trying to think of something, I'm trying to relate a little bit in my mind. Some of the times when I feel the term loss, what were some of the things that were really hitting your heart that were like? Was it the not having someone to talk to? Is it the the escape? Do you feel like you weren't loved, or like what was the lost part that was really weighing on you at a, such a young age? Because that's a lot of burdens to carry. You know, I've seen some Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's people, and that's like one of the hardest things of someone who's slipping and not knowing who you are, and you have fully aware of who they are, and how that struggle is. Is that some of the things that were weighing on you? Like what was making you feel?
1: You know, not feeling that whole or satisfy or joy. Well, you know, and and seeing my dad kind of slip. Uh my dad and I were real close growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely weighed on me. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I I don't I don't really want to make excuses. It, you know, I was a selfish kid and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And from the time I was about thirteen till the time I was about nineteen, I had a really strong peer group. Um, and we were for lack of a better word hellraisers you know we were all mm-hmm. punk rock kids and skateboarders but we had conviction we were all straight edge we didn't tr- touch drugs alcohol in fact that was part of who we were and that whole scene for me kind of melted down and everybody started growing up and growing out of it and and people started going off and doing their own things and growing up and i guess you know i had peter pan syndrome <laughs> i wasn't ready to grow up but instead of keeping those convictions alive I found alcohol, and I found drugs, and I'm a real social person, and it's hard for me to admit, but I'm weak, and the people around me and who I surround myself with typically dictate what I do, Dude. and the, the, the new peer group that I came around did drugs and alcohol and things like that, and we're not talking, I wasn't going around shooting heroin or anything like that, but, right. you know, I you know, I, I did party and, and had had a good time at that age, or at least what I thought was a good time. Um, and so that happened and I had no parents really to, to guide me and, you know, I did have a few good influences in my life, including my wife now, um, and her mother who always took really good care of me. But like I said, I was selfish and I wanted to go do my own thing. So,
0: well, let me ask you this, do there's several things I want to talk about. One is that selfishness that you have put on yourself that 13 to 19, that, you know, early age there of the selfishness. Is some of that, I'm no psychologist or counselor, but I feel like my buddy Stephen, who is, kind of, I channel him sometimes when I try to think about this, is do you think you had to learn to be independent and learn how to self-function? And like, now looking back at it, was it more of a selfish or was it more of a, I don't know how to do anything else besides be, take care for myself because I, no one else is taking care of me. If I don't do it for myself, then... There may be a lack of maturity in that self care, and that's where you went wild or whatever. But there was still, I, I still, I don't want you to be too harsh on yourself. But obviously, you know yourself better than I, than I know you at that point. But it seems like that you had to learn to take care of Chad because if you didn't take care of Chad, no one else would, and you perceive that as being selfish. Whereas I think, instinctually, you were trying to survive, and you just latched on to what you could. I don't know if that's if that resonates a little bit there, but it sounds like maybe that's what that friend group was. But when that friend group started growing out, you're like, "Ooh, I need something else to survive. Like, I need something else to, to satisfy that community or that belonging sense that I so long for." I don't know if that resonates at all,
1: but and it, it does, and, and I think you, I think both are right. I think mm-hmm. I was selfish, and I do think that I also had those instincts you're speaking of. Um, and when I was that age, and even probably closer to your age, I did think that way. Um, but as I got older, um, I realized I had other options and mm-hmm. I just chose not to take them. Well, um,
0: well, let's not skip too far ahead now. Okay, so you're at 19, you're at 20, your friend group starts going away. You know, all right, like they're doing college or they're going to workforce or people start moving. I kind of, everybody can kind of feel that. So you're at this breaking point now in Georgia. You're like, what is the next step for me, and what was your mind process like? What is what 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 did you have to do?
1: Like I like I said, uh, you know, I I really thought that I allowed my peer groups to to dictate what I'm doing too much, mm-hmm. so I wanted to just find a new one. So, but how did you land on California? How do you not land on California? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're, you're 19, 20 years old, and yeah, it's true. you know I, I don't want to use the streets are paved in gold because this isn't the Wild West, but um, it's uh, why not? Right? <laughs> yeah, I love it, dude. It's uh, you know, and it, it, at that age, it, with no responsibility and 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 no real money to speak of, you know, it just it just seemed like the right idea. So, and how
0: long were you in California from like? 20 to 28-ish, or is it like different? You said you were there twice.
1: Right. I came back in late 2012. Oh, okay. So it was a long time. I was there for 12 years total. And you just survived. You just found yeah. jobs mm-hmm. and things to... Bartending, whatever I could find, security jobs. I did a lot of security jobs because... Like, like a bouncer or like... Mm-hmm. What you were a bouncer, <laughs> yeah? Do, do you? Have I, I broke up a Hell's Angels fight.
0: Wait, why? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You I didn't act. exactly break it up, I was p-
1: <laughs> part of the mix trying my hardest not to get killed. God. <laughs> so, so
0: you're a bouncer, yeah? And if you don't know Chad, he's not a unicorn, he's a Sasquatch, yes. And you're with a it, horn. What city is this in Cali? Uh,
1: that time it was in Pacifica, which is just south of San Francisco, it's like, okay. uh, maybe. 15 minutes south of San Francisco, right on the, the coast.
0: And so <laughs> you're just trying to get a job, get some hours, you're doing um bartending, but also doing a little bit of security. Yeah. And so what
1: happened? Was it just like that specific instance? Yeah, mean? or just like I, I so, want to hear that one. I wanna hear like all of them because man, that's so exciting. That's, it's there's a a festival in that town called Fog Fest. And okay. it's a real it's a foggy little town, you know, right on the coast. And every year, you know, Fog Fest. It's just it's kinda like the town comes together like there's it's actually really insane the like different uh groups will have booths and then they'll have we games we do one called go rush here yeah. in yeah it's the same kind of thing okay um but you you will see like motorcycle clubs like the hell's angels will be right next to the women's auxiliary like they'll have booths like right next <laughs> to each other it's really it's quite entertaining um but uh there was That's two awesome. two motorcycle clubs the, the little bar i worked at was called winters and i was running security for the bar um, during Fogfest, which is during the day, it, all the families and stuff come out, and at night, kind of the debauchery happens. And uh, just two clubs started beefing in the car. I, I had me and three other like guys. Like two
0: separate Hells Angels clubs? No, two, or, or, two different motorcycle clubs. Oh, okay, okay,
1: okay. <laughs> and it was, there was only, I, it was like, it wasn't like the whole club in the whole club. It was like, you know, four Hells yeah, Angels, yeah, you yeah. know. And, and one of them uh, just threw a punch, and it just, Kind of went crazy from there, and I'm trying to break that up with these. And at that time, I'm still young, you know. Yeah, I'm am a grown man now, and I'm a big guy, but. Whew. <laughs> you want to talk about sweat pouring off my face? You know, because these are the guys, and they're you know uh, they packing heat. Yeah, you know, you know they got at least a knife or something. Yeah. But nobody ended up getting hurt too bad. You know, there was a lot of. You know, bloody heads and, you know, some a couple broken bar stools and stuff. But it was a... Uh, they probably showed it the next day, it, laughed it off. Right. <laughs> and it's it's a story that, you know, would be great for something like this. It was... Uh, At the time, though, it was probably Oh, yeah, terrifying. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I really was. But uh, it was a good time, you know. And it's just one of those stories that uh, I hold on to. Like, not many people, you know, can say I was in the middle of a scrum between <laughs> the Hell's Angels and a rival motorcycle
0: <laughs> oh, club. I watched the... Um, it's one of those guilty pleasure shows, but I, I got into it. My friend Billy suggested it. It's called Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. It, and it's oh, like yeah. a biker club. And so I was like, man, like, every time I see someone with, like, a jacket, I'm like, I don't I don't want to mess with those people because I've seen Sons of Anarchy, and if it's anything like that, man, those guys are extreme. Yeah. Um, but I, the Hells Angels, too, they do a lot of charity work, too, ironically
1: enough. Yeah, they're you know, it's... Uh just like any other organization they have their uh, <laughs> their pluses and their minuses. <laughs> I think the, the big story with them was when they were doing security for that Rolling Stones concert and they ended up beating up a bunch of fans <laughs> like it's you know it's it's yeah. not what everybody seems if they watch Sons of Anarchy but it is at the same time it's it's different.
0: Do you have any other stories like that that are just like kind of crazy of like oh my god <laughs> this is one of those things I gotta put in my book here like to tell later on podcast 15 years later.
1: I, I obviously, I, yeah, I have some that are a little more uh, probably not geared for this podcast. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, t- I told you one the other day. Do you think that's something I should talk about? Um, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no. We're good yeah. on that one. <laughs> you know, and please understand everybody that knows me, these are years and years ago. Oh, <laughs> for sure, for
0: sure. This this is not the Chad that we know now. This was just a guy who was trying to do some soul searching, find himself. and let, So let me ask you this. So you're you're there. You're doing the California thing, doing different odd jobs, things like that. At some point, was it something that clicked? What drew you back to going, I wanna be a better version of Chad? Or was it did you move back first and then that's where you learned I wanna do something different? What was the the kind of the, the pivotal moment? So so
1: most of you that know me know my wife, Sarah, my beautiful mm-hmm. wife Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. What's up, Sarah? Uh, um I alluded earlier to the fact that I had other options when I was younger mm-hmm. that I chose not to take, which makes me selfish now. And one of those is, you know, her family, her mom and her sisters, and her, you know, took me in when I got lost okay. in the beginning. Wow! And um,
0: like when you were like in a the teenager, mm-hmm.
1: okay, older teenager, uh, maybe even early twenties, right at it's pretty much right before I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah's been. Somebody I've loved and respected my whole life. We met when we were 13, um, and I chose to go to California rather than staying there, um, which is something I would regret right. a lot. But at the end of the day, the, the original question being, what brought me back to Georgia? And it was her. I knew oh that. That's a love story <laughs> there, son. It's a yeah. ha- Hallmark just called. They want to make a movie <laughs> about this. Golly. I it, it, it I mean that's just the truth of the matter. Well, I never felt So
0: you, you had feelings for her before you went to California. Absolutely. But you were like, ah, I really I did I need to I'm selfishly I need to go do this. I was I, never good enough for her in my mind. Oh really? Some self deprecation of like she deserves someone better than me and And, and she and, still does. Okay, first of all, that, you said that in a sweet moment right now, and I appreciate that <laughs> We you.
1: just made some real eye contact. Yeah, that yeah we did. That she was... got a little weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, I love it. So, so you felt that way before you went to California, but you're in Cali. Yeah. How long you were you there? You said about like, 10 years? Yeah, over. Over 10 years. Did you keep some eye contact with Sarah or... Like a little bit, but not really. More so with her mom. I know you said you were close with her.
1: Yeah, I mean, her mom is my mom at this point. Um, and yes and no. Like, there was a long period where we didn't speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, not he, necessarily
0: on bad terms, but just didn't right.
1: talk. And you got to remember, some of this was like years ago when everybody wasn't on social media all oh, the time. Yeah, this is pre. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it all came back to me when, you know, I got to a point in California where I felt like I was finally growing up and mm-hmm. I wanted to be better than what I was. And, you know, I reached out to her. Or she reached out to me. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I reached out to her mom. And then it kind of, all of that happened. And kind of like I like I
0: reached out to Shelby about a different girl. <laughs> See, you did the exact same thing. You're giving me a hard time today. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to, Chit chat with a girl right now. Talk to a girl, and I had a middle girl, kind of see if it was like maybe interesting. And Chad and a couple other people roasted me like, "Oh, just talk to her yourself." <laughs> Ooh, who did
1: Chad do? <laughs> Chad talks
0: to Sarah's mom and says, "Hey, do you think Sarah?"
1: And then, okay, you know, I, I've got a real problem with self esteem, and you're killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you're a beautiful human being. <laughs> um, and so, so you're there, and
0: you're feeling this sense of adulthood. And I think everybody who's listening to it right now can relate to that a little bit of like, there's a moment where it clicks in your mind of like, I got to get my ish together and I want to be something. I want to, I want to have a legacy. I want to have, I want to be a better version of myself. I want to grow or be deeper or challenge myself. And it doesn't happen all at once. I think, I think you kind of see the clues and then it, maybe it clicks at once of like, Oh no, this is what I need to do. This is the path that I I want to lead. Um, and so you, you kind of sent a feeler out to, to Sarah's mom, shout out to her. And then you move Patty, back, Patty. Patty May. Um, and so you move all the way back to Georgia. Correct. Did you have like a house in Cali and like cars and stuff? Like, did you I have like, staying a in s- an apartment? There's an apartment. Okay, so you're able to move back. And no car. I didn't no.
1: need one there. I mean, you kind of
0: live that city life. Yeah. Um, and so you get back. And so wh- what do you do when you get back here?
1: What is that like? I uh, stayed on my friend's couch until I could get my own place. Um, and uh, Was that humbling a little bit? You went from like or was, It was it was the right thing to do. It was just one of those scenarios that, you know, I was at a turning point in my life, and I was going to do mm-hmm. what I had to do. Um, and w- whether that included Sarah or not, I think I was ready to do it. But I honestly don't know that I could have done it without her. She is such a driving force, and she drives me crazy. And you know, we we are like brother and sister sometimes, not to not to be weird or anything, but it, it's, yeah. it feels that way because I felt like family to her for such a long time. But I I can't... I couldn't be half the man I am right now. I, I could make that step on my own, mm-hmm. but I couldn't succeed without her, I don't believe. And She was just such a driving force in my life and obviously the kids and everything else that's involved, which I'm not going to go into too much detail on. Right, absolutely. Um, out of privacy and respect, but, you know, just... You have to make the choice But you have to surround yourself And, and like I said before You can call it weak You can call it whatever you want But uh, I'm at least self-aware enough to admit The people you surround yourself with Are the people that are going to make you who you are mm-hmm. Because you can be who you are But you're not going to be able to fully succeed and, and bring the great things out Unless you have people behind you pushing you
0: You know, it's funny you say that Because I was doing a devotion yesterday um, For the student ministry and one of the things was talking about community from Hebrews. And it was like how we have these inner circles. And it was like six of them or seven of them. They all sort of F. And one's like um, like facts. And that type of that person that's in that bubble, you know, facts about them. Like, oh, that person does this for a living or has kids. And the next one's like, you know, um, fears. And it's like, oh, you share fears with them that you have. And one's faith. Like the deep, the closest one's faith. And there's, I can't remember all of them. It's like faith, fears. Facts, uh, face like you recognize their face. Anyways, I say all that because that sense of community is like you need that. You need that support of sp- you have a spiritual gift or you have talents of your own or you have something that you bring to the table. Well, there's there you need other people at that table, right. and so I feel like what you're saying here is not to downgrade yourself, but you have your own Chad table and you knew man, I need to approach that, and I need to do something that's going to really launch me in the right direction. But I need support. And I feel like God heavily puts people in our lives to support us, for sure. And Sarah was that 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 perfect match of like, okay, this is what's going to catapult you and maintain that direction is having that team, that cohesiveness, um, and that community. When y'all started coming together and she started supporting you, when did it turn into... I'm going to propose and marry this woman. Because I thought that's a beautiful story, the two of you. But that's a huge step.
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't? Oh, it was a plan from the beginning,
0: yeah. Wait, plan from the beginning, like when you first met her, like when you were 14? No, when I I reconnected. Oh. Like, does she
1: know the plan? Or is this like, oh, you're like, oh, I'm going to marry this woman. She didn't know the plan. And honestly, (laughs) you know, and she may have, but it was probably hard to take me serious.
0: Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, I had been a child for so long, even as a man, that, uh, and I had been just reckless, right, and and noncommittal, and and doing whatever I wanted for so long. I find it hard to believe that she could have believed that that was what was going to happen.
0: And what age are you at right now? Today? No, no, no. At at this point of like moving back and being with her, 30, 31. 31, 30. 30 or thirty-one. Yeah, man, I got you. When did you? Because I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about you come back to Georgia, love your life. You're getting this, you're getting your your ish together, getting things ready, getting on the right direction. Where's your, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but where's your spiritual life? When did, like, was God ever a huge part of your life? Like, did you grow up in the church? Did you, like, go in California? Like, did Sarah kind of bring you to church and you're like, hmm, this is interesting? Or is, Fate's still a thing that you're learning about and kind of like, "Mm, I don't know if I fully embrace it, but I'm kind of there. Where are you at with that? And how does that interweave with y'all's relationship? I know that's kind of deep there, but.
1: Well, when I was a kid, meaning from maybe like five to 13, Mm -hmm. you know, I did partake in church, do my friends' families, the ones that uh, were in church. My family was never in church. Um, My dad was, you know, he was a Catholic and my mom was a Catholic, but. They weren't practicing. They never went to mass. You know, it was never one of those things. Um, and then from the time I was 13 till the time I was 19, that group of friends we spoke about earlier
0: mm-hmm.
1: were all extremely anti religion. They were mostly agnostic really. and atheist people. Um, so obviously, it wasn't something that was in my life then and really didn't come back into my life until I came back and actually had a conversation with Sarah's mom. Shout-out, Patty Mac. Patty Burke. Um, And wanted to start going to a cat. She's a Catholic, mm-hmm. and so we went to Prince of Peace together, and she took me to some masses, and we, we discussed it. And and then when I started talking to Sarah a little bit more about it, she was already going to Coming First because of Sherry Perkins and how much she loved the children's programs there. Shout-out to the children's program. <laughs> and Sarah was grown-up Catholic as well. But she chose Methodist, and then she told me what the differences were because, honestly, I was ignorant
0: and... Right, they they always say the Methodist is the happy medium because we had several couples that are like, one's Catholic and one's Baptist, and they get married and they go, "Mm, Methodist middle, like right in the middle, (laughs) like all right, that's what we'll choose.
1: You know, and the denomination and things like that never really meant much to me. It was, you know, either you believe in God or you don't, Um, but falling into that church was such a blessing because I am a social person and I love outreach and ministry. And, and and speaking to kids, especially teenagers, about God and, and what he or she or whatever should mean in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So <clears throat> it was a perfect place. Um, Kathy actually baptized me. I was never baptized Catholic when I was younger. Oh, nice. Re- Reverend Kathy Stasco, shout out. And she also <laughs> married Sarah and I. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Kathy was, uh, we we did it over at the, uh, the lake, uh, the little... Uh, Oh, they do uh, the, the, the light service yeah, and stuff? exactly. Yeah. It's now something I can't go a day without thinking about or praying about is my relationship with God and how to be a better man. And, you know, I still fail on a day-to-day basis with that. Um, but I think we all do in a certain way. Um, really depends on what, what sort of uh, expectation you have for your relationship with God.
0: Can I drop this on you right now?
1: No. Because this hit me.
0: This hit me. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna edit it where it says yes. Drop this now. Okay, then yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> but it's... you'll have to get off my lap first. <laughs> um, this 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 girl who's a youth kid, super sweet kid, sent me a super long text. Which you know usually that means like oh something bad just happened. And the the, the gist of the text was she was listening to this song. This the lyrics of the song was provoking thoughts in her mind. About like a lyric says something about when you come to heaven, is God gonna say, "Well done," like you did a you, you did it well, you know, well done. You did the job that I told you to do. And she was starting to think of like, am I gonna one day? Not that faith is about works. Not that it's all about what you do because nothing you could do could satisfy God. You know, died for our sins, and He's the one that could do everything. But she was just trying to say like man, God calls us to make disciples, to spread love, to, you know, be kind to one another, like to do these things, go out and make disciples. And she's like, man, I just don't know one day when I go to heaven, is he going to say, well done, or like, man, you really missed the point, or you missed the mark. And what was funny when she said that was the meaning of sin um, is an archery term, and it means to miss your mark. And so sin just means not you're missing your mark, what you're supposed oh. to do. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, did not. So when she said that, it was like, is God in heaven, you know, wherever the pearly gates, going to say, well done? Or, man, you really missed the mark. Or you missed what I was trying to tell you. And I'm like, man, you're 13 years old, and you're having this thought, like, mind-blowing. But it's been sitting on me. This is about a week or so ago. It's been sitting on me, like, each day, you know, you're talking about your relationship with Sarah, and I'm, I'm envious in a sense of like, man, I really hope I can find my great white Buffalo or, you know, my Sarah Harrison one day. And Did you just
1: call my wife a Buffalo?
0: Do you know the story of the great white Buffalo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, she's definitely better than Buffalo.
0: But it's just kind of like, man, am I, am I doing it? Am I doing, li- even if you're not a spiritual person, am I doing life? Like, am I doing what I'm, what I feel like is going to better the world and better people? Make sure it's not about me, and it's so hard because sometimes we live in a world that's so consumed about being selfish. Like, or even if you're like, I don't know if anybody is listening is like this a lot. Like, am I serving the food pantry because I want to help people, or because you know what, it looks good that I'm working at the food pantry? It's like, what the heck? Like, just like, you know, I get so in my head, or like, you know, people get in their head of like, what are my motives? And I feel like if you're even challenging your motives a little bit, maybe you're on the right track. Maybe you are doing it for the right reasons. It's the people that don't even have the, they're oblivious to it, that I would feel like are the ones that are missing it. I don't know if there's even a question there, but just more of a comment or statement of just, what do you feel about that idea of like, man, I've done a well done job. Or, man, did I miss my mark? Do you feel like living your life kind of that early age of getting wild, breaking up bar fights, doing all the cool stuff in California, but then realizing, man, it's not fulfilling? Do you think that helped you, catapult you to having that conversation in one day of saying, man, you did a well-done job because you saw the purpose, it went towards it? Or like, do you still struggle with, like, man, I'm missing
1: my mark? I think that, you know, All of those years that I spent out there and, and all of the things that I did was to fill a void, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're filling a void, you're probably missing the mark anyway, right? You're, you're, you're a little half, half quarter off plum or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and what you f- everybody's going to have a void at any point in their life. Nobody's going to be full all the time. Mm-hmm. and we're all going to have different voids. We're going to have different things that we're searching for or needing, and what you fill that void with is what's important. So even if you're selfish and maybe, maybe like you said, you're working the food pantry, you're filling a void right there, whether it is a void that needs to be filled for selfish reasons or not. You're going to have to fill that void, and you might as well fill it with positivity and and, and doing things for others and just doing God's work. And sometimes motives can be questionable, and we all know that. Mm -hmm. But it's the content that you're filling that void with that's most important. And we're all going to question ourselves. And I think as Christians, we all want to be better all the time. Absolutely. And we're all seeking approval, right? So rather than filling that void with negative thought, fill it with positivity, and and don't question your motives because your motives are always going to be all over the place, and we always—that's God in us questioning us, right? So just go ahead and fill the void with positivity, and let the motives be what the motives are, because at the end of the day, that's what we're all doing—is filling a void. Well, and
0: I think too, like if you're trying to fill that void, because I like I like that kind of that um that mentality or that picture of like, Man, there's something I feel empty or I feel lost. I gotta fill it with something. Well, don't don't fill it with drugs or alcohol or something that's gonna be super negative and not beneficial. Fill that void with positivity and even if it's not satisfying, it could lead you to to something that's greater, like the Lord or, or you know, God or something where it clicks. So seek that positivity. I like that a lot. Uh is there something you know, I'm a single person right now. At the court, at the recording of this, when you're listening to it, I may be married with kids. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to, you know, people who are single looking to be in a relationship, people who maybe are already in a relationship, dating boyfriend girlfriend, and people who are married? What would it be like a piece of advice that maybe is for all three of them, or because you've been in in several of those stages. Um, You know, and I feel like you have a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience of what not to do, but also appreciation for the things to do.
1: I think one thing that I'm this coronavirus pandemic that we're in, and I hate to bring it up, but we're about to talk about it. (laughs) One thing that I realize is don't reflect your negative feelings about yourself onto other people, because that's what you're going to see every time you see those people. Anything anything that you're having in your life that's making you struggle. Don't associate that with the people around you.
0: So, uh, like, give me an example. So, I mean, you don't to say your own personal, sure. but like,
1: just like. Let, let's say there's something that, you know, that happens around the house while you guys are all stuck together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I'm going to go very simple on this. Let's say it's your job to take out the trash. Right. Right. And somebody else is enforcing that. And one day you don't want to take out the trash. <laughs> right. Don't look at that person as the person who is enforcing the thing that you don't want to do. And I'm way oversimplifying this for, for many different reasons. But right. I have my own personal issues that are inside of me. And the person that calls them out is typically going to be your significant other. It's rarely going to be one of your kids or something like that. Don't allow that to be what you see when you see them. Okay? Ooh, Remember that call it's your issue. Right. Remember it's something that's inside of you. And even though they're calling you out, they're only calling you out because they love you and they want you to be the best person you can be. So when you look at them, don't see that. That's something you see when you look in the mirror, not at your significant other. And I think a lot of people are falling into that trap right now because they're not, they're not used to having that negative emotion around them all the time. People are separated in today's world. People are working. People are, are, are doing their own thing. And they come together, and that's a beautiful time when you get to sit down and have a meal or you get to sit down and watch that movie you guys have been waiting three weeks to watch and you finally get time to sit down and do it. That's what you need to focus on because those are the wants and needs that are fulfilled by that other person. Your own personal issues have nothing to do with that person, even Dang. if they've called you out for it. Dang, Chad, that's like prophetic, man. You better call somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think uh, that projection is really good really because good, sometimes you can have like anger that's misdirected um i always called it with with the the youth kids and <clears throat> when i was in college with all my my bros would be if you're going to call out call out to lift up because i think there's a difference between calling out to tear down because some people will be like you know hey man you you didn't do your homework you know you're gonna fail out of college and you suck and you're dumb and it's like okay the call out is good I didn't do my schoolwork or whatever it is. But you definitely just didn't put me down there. Like, you made me feel like a horrible human being. And so I always say call out to lift up, um, to call out to call up. It's like, hey, man, you haven't done your homework, but I know you're intelligent. I know you're hardworking. I know you want to succeed. I know you want to do this. So I'm calling you out to go do it. Let me lift you up. Like, you got this and that encouragement. Um, And then you start associating with that person more positive. I think... In several of my close friendships, you know, or people that I, I care about, is the ones that I respond to the best are the ones who call me out, but in an uplifting way, and not the ones that call me out just because you can see my faults. Okay, cool. I can look at your faults too. You know, hey, you don't do this, you don't do that, and then it becomes more of, of a pissing contest, and that's not that's not good. That's not going to be healthy. Um, and it sounds like a little bit with your significant other is if you have. An anger, or you know, or you're bored, or you don't want to do something, or you have an insecurity, and they're just saying, "Hey, man, like, you know, I'm calling you out a little bit, you know, but I'm here to support you. That's what I'm here. Don't let that negativity or that energy put on them. They're not the reason that you can't do that. They're not the reason that you know here is you got your own issues to work on, and they're 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 there for you
1: to work on it, but they're not the issue. Is that kind of absolutely? I love I love that too. By the way, call out to lift up. And strong. And that that's very, pretty much exactly what I was saying. Yeah. And, and during these times, when you're spending so much time together, it's very, very important to do that. Um, and make sure that you are lifting up. I think it, right now there's so much mental health issues going around, and it's not just with couples or parents with kids or things like that. Um, people are getting a real reality check right now, and I think it's important mm-hmm. to pray. I think it's important to do self-reflection because you know can I tell you a story yeah tell me a story just man. real quick yeah you know, this is not gonna be real, a, a real long story this podcast that's what we're all about but this is getting real somber and, and this is continuing down that path but uh you know the other day I was watching my wife Sarah mm-hmm. and she was uh staring out the window just looking through the window and you could tell she was struggling and she was crying and she wasn't saying anything but she was just looking and you know I really uh, I empathized with her. I felt her struggle, and I started crying a little bit. And I really almost thought about letting her back in the house a few times. But rules are rules. <laughs> so, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh,
0: my God. Just
1: kidding, Sarah. I love you.
0: <laughs> but I was like, man, this is super heartfelt, man. And you just do it.
1: Oh, my I'll, God. I'll accept the Oscar now. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh uh sarah we love you we support you we appreciate it chad is uh um he'll be at the stand-up uh Mike night today
1: um no but no i, I get what you're saying sorry we got, we, we, we got i was getting real emotional there i had to switch it up yeah switch it up you know using humor to hide fear and, and, and anxiousness yeah um that's the default before you ask me that question ben yeah. You know, I've been looking at this the whole time I'm in here. What's, what's <laughs> going on with this hammer over here? So, so,
0: you know, I got like a lot of cool different trinkets and things like that. And the most recent one I got is this Thor hammer replica. It's pretty sick. I love it. But one of my favorite stories about Thor hammer is, you know, the, the mystique is if you're not worthy, you can't pick it up. Only Thor is worthy. And when I was an RA at North Georgia, I had the Thor hammer. I would go, and I would beat it on, like, residence doors when I had to go check in, like, you know, are you worthy? You know, like, room inspection to make sure they didn't, you know, have, like, drinking or whatever. Well, one time, (laughs) I threw it at this kid in the hallway. He was trying to, like, run away, like, you can't check my room. And he's, like, run away. So I threw the hammer at him, like, and it hit him. He's, like, ah. And he's, like, I want to throw it back at you. And I was, like, you can't do that. And he's, like, yeah, I can. And he goes to pick it up on the ground and, like, falls down like tries to lift like 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 tries to lift it and he's pretending that he can't lift it because he's not worthy. And it was the greatest moment of my entire life. This kid like committed to it because he was like, I want like, you because know, most people just pick it up and throw it back at you. But he was like, ah like 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 it was the heaviest. He's like ah like he couldn't pick it up. And I was like, you're now my favorite resident of all time because you're acting like you can't pick up the hammer because you're not worthy. And it was the coolest thing. Um, so Shout out to, I can't remember the guy's name now, but um, shout out to Thor
1: for creating just an awesome hammer. That reminds me of a quick one. Can I give it to you? Yeah, go ahead. So it just shows that creativity and humor sometimes can get you in and out of crazy situations. But I was, uh, this is during my time in California, I was doing a job interview for a bartending job. And sometimes you get some real canned stupid questions (laughs) during an interview, right? Yeah. So this guy asked me, he said, part of the interview was, would you rather be Batman or Superman or why? And I kid you not, sometimes I'm quick witted and it just comes. I said, Luke Skywalker. And he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry, but Luke Skywalker is not one of the answers. And I waved my hand in front of his face and said, you will make it one of the (laughs) 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 answers. They hired me on the spot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is the employee you're looking for. All right, cool. All right, hey, and you're hired. We used to do one. It was um, when we would interview people for RAs, talking about interview questions. It was like, if you're a part, what part of a bicycle would you be? And how does that relate to being a team member? And so they would be like, blah, 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 blah. and most of them would be like, I'm a handlebar because I'm all about steering us in the right direction. And like, look at us for affirmation, we're like, hmm, okay, all right. You know, because it's trying to like just see if you can come up with something on the spot. Right. But it's like, how does that actually depict, like, if you're a good leader or not? Whether or not you can think quickly on your feet about an analogy, maybe decision making if it's a split emergency decision. But how many emergencies are there where you're the one that has to make the decision as an RA? Not a lot, right? I did it for two years and like maybe once, maybe not at all. It was. <laughs> I used to complain on this. I mean, we're getting sidetracked here. Sorry. But I love it. Is when we did R-A training, I kid you not, we had like two weeks before school started, R.A.s had to be there. And each day we had like different stuff to, to learn and deal with because you have know, like all the different issues that could possibly come up. And I always kind of complained because 98% of our training was for 1% scenarios. Yeah. Like someone just got shot in the head And it's a roommate. How do you deal with that situation? Uh, Okay, like, uh, you know, like an emotional response. I'm not trying to downplay that is traumatic, but like part of me goes, they need to go see a professional counselor, you know, or they need to go seek some help that's way above my training. And then how many scenarios is that? Like, I get it. We need, I'm probably sounding a little petty when I say this, but like, most of our training needs to be how to do our job on a day-to-day basis. How do we make community? How do we interact with people? How do we do our job procedurally? Like, let's train that for like you know, eighty-five percent of our job because right. that's what we do ninety-eight percent of the time. That two percent, maybe give maybe fifteen percent training on it. Right. But it was just like every single day. All right. Today's scenario is uh, there's a drive-by of a gang shooting. It kills half of your residents. How do you deal with the other half of the residents? Uh, tell them to emotionally cope with it. Like I don't know. Like that's a really weird scenario. Like why am I dealing with this right now? Or, or like one of them was uh, they should teach you how to duck. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> dodge, dip, dive, and duck, and dodge. <laughs> Anyways, I, I sidetracked. Let me get on this topic. You're a family man, and right now it's really relevant, really topical. Even if it's not topical, by the time they listen to this, they can get over it. Is we're in the coronavirus season right now. What What are some ways that you're as a family guy you're you're interacting with people? And I feel like eating, I'm the, I'm quarantined by myself at this house, but. Most people are quarantined with at least siblings or with parents or with a loved one, a spouse or a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the living situation is. How do they get along? Or what are some of the hardships that you are seeing that maybe you're combating right now? Maybe you don't have all the answers, but some of the things that you're running into and how you're trying to deal with it. Because I feel that's the number one thing is people right now are like either they're financially struggling, which causes stress or they're just spending more time with their family than they ever have before, and they just start bickering and fighting. We talked a little bit about that early, not projecting,
1: but just like right. kind of a, more of a family sense. Well, you're, you're asking the wrong person, but I'm going to give you my two cents anyway, because oh, okay. my family's struggling bad right now. It, oh, for know, real? What's going on? Like, what's we some just, of the hard stuff? It's just that there's so many people in the house. and That's um, true. They have, if
0: People don't know. You have six
1: people right. living in the house. And how many pets? Three. We have two Great Danes and a Chihuahua Schnauzer mix. Dang! So you got some, you got some wild ones in there. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 tough finding tasks to do just to keep you from getting depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, in my house, particularly Sarah's the rock. Like Sarah just keeps that house moving when it could fall into quicksand at any time. I have to give all the, pro- the all the credit to her. And this is probably a question you'd ask her, but I can tell you what I've seen and, and mm-hmm. what I'm doing personally. Um, you know. I try and escape when I can, when I start feeling a little bit too crazy, whether I dive into a video game, like, I've been playing a ton of Call of Duty mobile. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> feeling it. Come on. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that the biggest thing is the meals. Like, because when we come back together for meals, you know, there's a lot of laughter. You know, we always pray before the meals, get a little bit of contact with God. Um, but... <clears throat> You just have to give each other space when you can, and I think that this time has shown me that it's time to buy a bigger house, <laughs> and I hate to say that, but, you know, um, I'm lucky that I have awesome kids. Like, my kids are well-behaved, and uh, they listen when, when they get talked to, <laughs> Right. Um, but they bicker with each other like it's unbelievable, you know, they're, they're not used to it, and... My kids go to a school. It's called a university program, so they're actually mm-hmm. only in school three days, and then they're homeschooled two days. Okay. So there are parts of it that we're already used to, but the groundhog hog day effect is definitely taking hold. Um, so trying to just shake things up because it's typically when you get in those those runs of everything feels the same, you start getting depressed and angry. So when that starts happening, pull out a different toy that nobody's seen in three years uh you know, and get everybody involved and even if it's only 20 minutes where they're like totally stoked on it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean and like, yeah, 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 oh my God, I forgot we had this at least it's something different don't get don't fall into an endless cycle of misery because yeah. you're gonna get miserable this is a terrible time um and you're gonna bicker and you're gonna fight um one thing I've started doing is doing at least 10 minutes of prayer every night and I think that that centers me. And honestly, the the Wednesdays that we have together where we get to go out to the food pantry and and serve the community. I look forward to it, to be honest with you. I do too. By Tuesday, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I got to get out of this house. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And as much as I love my family and as much as they love me, we get tired of each other. You know, I have a big personality, and my six-year-old daughter is basically a mini me. <laughs> Most and...
0: adorable child ever. Oh
1: yeah, it's adorable in <laughs> <laughs> <And> doses. In <laughs> doses, I and, got you absolutely. When she comes to the church and visits you guys, and loves on you, and says something ridiculously hilarious, but when she screams it at you when you're not expecting it, <laughs> 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 like, you know that's that's Jane. She's awesome, but honestly, you just got to try and figure out a way to shake it up. I think that. the the endless cycle and the routine that you get stuck in is what typically upsets you. And don't get stuck in it. Figure something out. Every one of us has something that we haven't touched or seen or even thought about for a year that could bring joy to you.
0: You know, I I thought about that the other day. It was like there has been a lot of ways that we spend our time with, like, sports, you know, watching basketball, football, or whatever, baseball, you know, there's a lot of music concerts. There's a lot of movies that people go to, or like games on Saturdays. They go watch games or the Friday nights, and like yeah, that kind of stinks. That or it hurts really. It's more than just stinks. It hurts that we can't do those things. We can't go out and do sporting events. We can't go do clubs and things like that. Uh, but are you part, are you a club guy, Ben? No, I'm talking about like. Um, like 4-H okay. club, like you're not in the club
1: with
0: 50 Cent. No, 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 I'm not in the club. They oh, say, yeah, sir, can you not birthday. be here? Can you, uh, can you please leave? Uh, <laughs> just, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm on the list. Yeah, um, check it twice. I'm the host of the Great Buffalo podcast. You haven't heard of it? Oh, okay, all right, cool. Um, here's a promotional. It's their loss. It's their loss. But just more of a okay, well, cool. Like you can't do those things. Those roads are now closed. Okay, fine. I get that. But maybe. On some weird level, it's an opportunity for a bigger road to go, all right, well, what are some of the key factors, foundational things in your life? Man, it's my family, you know, or it's, you know, this or it's that. It's like, all right, cool. Focus on that. And the grand scheme of things, I'm not trying to downplay the financial burden that it is. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to bring down people. But on some level, maybe it's like, you know what, it's only been two months, you know, month of March, half of March,
1: half of April, really one month, but crossing. You the two. may be the first and only person that's ever said that. It's only been two. Oh.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. But but I'm am thinking like one of the things that I do is like when I think of like trials and stuff like this is testing people. You know, a lot of you know kindness or that honeymoon phase of like, all right, ha, it's been a week, ha, it's been two weeks, and I was like, Argh. but I think of like people like with Jesus, or I think about like Paul, or I think about these people, Martin Luther King Jr., I think of these big people who are are ground shakers, earth shakers, who really went through some ish in their life or really were persecuted or really had temptation or really went through these things that were just God-awful. And I go, this is the biggest trial that I have. It is a trial. It is a trial. I'm not downplaying it, but I'm blessed. Because maybe it's an opportunity to grow with my family. maybe it's a, a, a time to grow individually of like I you know I'm going to challenge myself to pick up a new hobby or pick up a new um, way to, to be creative or a new opportunity to, to engage myself to grow deeper intellectually or spiritually or whatever it may be. Because even though it's easy to say, Ben, shut up, like, this is hard, like, I want to get back to work, or, oh, I want to see my friends. I get that. I am not. I want to do the same thing. I'm not disagreeing with that. But if you're in the situation and you're in that, then choose the best possible way to do it. You know, it's like what well, you were saying, like, in the void. If you're going to fill that void up, do it with the positivity. Okay? You can't leave the house. So either you can moan, complain, and hate life, and look how this is the most terrible thing in the world. Or you can go, you know what? This is a challenge, and challenges are meant to be conquered. Yeah, maybe I need to lean on the Lord or lean on a higher power or lean on my family or my wife or my kids or whatever it may be. I'll lean on them, but I'm going to be challenged because I'm going to grow or I'm going to connect in ways that I would never thought possible because you don't know what you can connect into your challenge to find that. You didn't know that you had to come back and do all these things in California until you met the challenge and you connected. Like, man, I've felt that growth. I've done that. Now I need to go back to the, to Georgia. It's like, man, maybe that's just what it is right now. And I'm I'm not trying to downplay the difficulties, but maybe that's what it is.
1: Choose the positivity. That is went on a rant there, that's okay. I and mean, I think that you're saying the right thing, though. It's it's don't look at this as a dilemma. Look at it as an opportunity, mm. and, and seize that. And I haven't done that yet. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Honeymoon phase is over for me. And it, the good news is, is I'm a self-aware person. And I, I want to do better. And I will do better because I always do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just, it's tough right now. You know, yeah. like, but the, you know, the most joy I found was two Frisbees and a football. And all the kids on my cul-de-sac were riding their bikes, and I had target practice for <laughs> for two hours, and they loved it. They ate, it I wasn't yeah. trying to hurt anybody, obviously. It's those little things, you know, and, and when that happened the other day, and I sat down after we were done, and I went in the house, I was like, that was it. That's what I was looking for all day. And it's something so simple. You don't know how beautiful a hammock is right now. You have a hammock? Uh, Yeah, I got an Eno, Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Is it up right now? No, it's it not. It should be. Okay. <laughs> the weather <laughs> is beautiful. You want to talk about a, a place to just go and, and reflect, and there's something about the, the zero-gravity feeling there when there's so much weight on top of you in the middle of all this. Ooh. that just takes it away. Come on. Come on, brother Chad. Yeah,
0: you better call somebody. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so I don't. You know, Chad's an avid listener to the podcast, um, listens to several episodes, and we usually end each episode with our nugget of wisdom. Just a little piece of advice, a little knowledge, a little moral of the day. The G.I. Joes half the battle. Uh, knowings half the battle. So what is your nugget? I know we just had like a bunch of them. But if you could sum it all up into something to tell somebody, what would it be? Put you on the spot there.
1: <clears throat> um, I would say that it doesn't matter where you're at in your life, how old you are. It's never too late to realize your true potential. And it it can't come from anybody else. It has to come from inside. You know, I grew up. I was in magnet schools. I destroyed the SATs. They didn't know I was coming. Mm -hmm. And everybody always told me about my potential. Um, But it took me until I was 30, or roughly 30, I don't know, to realize it was true. But it had to come from inside. So you're never lost. It's never too late. You can always find... Exactly who you are and what you want to be, but you have to realize it first and then surround yourself with people that are going to help you get there. Absolutely. It kind of makes mine a little
0: less meaningful, but I was going to go with that. (laughs) Sometimes in life, you're the person who wants to pick up the hammer and throw it, but sometimes in life, you need to be the person who doesn't. Think about
1: that. Hmm. You're definitely worthy, Ben.
0: Oh, stop, stop, stop. But I was thinking more of that, that guy. Man, he just made my day, and the hall just lost it because he was just, he didn't pick up the hammer. Everybody picks up the hammer and throws it, but he didn't. And it was just like, man, you went against the curve. You went against the flow and stood out because of that. It's like, man, what's your moment to stick out? What's your moment to go against the curve? You know what I mean? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode here on the Great White Buffalo podcast. Chad, you have been a delight and a pleasure. Five. And what people don't know, I'll just give you this little nugget. If you're still listening right now, is we actually had a pause in the middle to go do a, a live devotion, and Chad has been so gracious and, and so patient with me. So I appreciate that as we're recording here. So you're just you're a good dude. Will you come back on the podcast at some point? Absolutely not. Okay, well, you know, uh, this is the one and only episode here
1: <laughs> with Chad. So. I want to do one time where you let me wrap the intro of the song that, that Jake does.
0: Do you have it prepared now? I wish. No. Okay, you prepared that, and then you're going to come in here, you're absolutely going to do that. <laughs> you're absolutely going to do that. Um, I'll get you here with, like, Nathan. I'm going to get you a crowd here. We'll get a whole crowd here, and you're going to wrap it, and it's going to be the most downloaded episode for sure. Done done. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast. We love you. We support you. Thank you for being part of the herd. We have merch, as y'all know. But also, we just want to let y'all know that we're on Apple and Spotify, and if you could, if you're listening on Apple, give us a five-star and write us a review. It helps us get noticed on the all the the mechanisms that Apple uses to get podcasts out there. Whenever you have more stars and more reviews, it helps us get noticed more by more and more audiences. And thank you for listening and being dedicated. And know that we are here for you during this time of the COVID and the quarantine. Just send us a DM um, and know that we're here for you and we care about you. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of GWB.